are listening to Masks Off with host and life coach Kim Gross. My goal is to help people to go from people pleasing and perfectionism to powerful. I help you to uncover these patterns, own your shit, and remove these masks to live a more empowered life using my five step power pathway that takes you from people pleaser and perfectionist to powerful. Let's drop into this week's episode. Hey, everybody, welcome to another episode of Masks Off. I'm Kim Gross, and so happy to have you here with me today. And my guest for today is Kim Mensch. And I'm so excited because I have been watching her videos on TikTok, and she's amazing. And I'm sure she'll share, and I will share in the show notes. You have to check her out on TikTok for sure. But as always, I'm going to start with a quote, and the quote is actually from Kim. So the quote is, our children come through us, not for us, except for the lessons they reflect to us during their journey in an effort to grow us up along the way. I want to underscore that in an effort to grow us up along the way. Do you hear me, people? <laughs> so welcome. Welcome. I'm so glad you're here. Thank so, you. You're welcome. So tell the audience a little bit about who you are, what do you like to do, whatever you want to share. Okay. Well, I am a married mom of five kids at this point. Um, I've been married 30 years and my oldest son is 35. And then I have sons that are... 29, 24, 19, and my only daughter is 17. So she's the only one home at this point. Um, and I got that quote that came to me. I think I was in the shower, but I wrote it down immediately when it came to me, either that or I was vacuuming. One of the two things. That's where I get my most, you know, um, uh, profound thoughts and we're going to bed at night I heard yes I do but then the, then I lose them because I fall asleep and I once in a while I will get out of bed and literally write it down if it's a TikTok video I'm like I gotta write this down um but I I walked I was a very early mom I'll just go into my history a little bit so yeah. very um grew up in the Midwest was a very young mother at 18 and um that was that turned out to be obviously a very growing experience for me. Um, my son's father was verbally abusive and then became physically abusive. So I got out of the relationship, um, but had to co-parent with him for the rest of my son's life, obviously. And then I married and had four other kids and still married, obviously, at this point. So um, when my son was, oh, 20. I got a call from him. We were living in Texas and he was still living in Wisconsin, which is our home state. Um, he told me that he was addicted to alcohol and in in a couple of couple of sentences, and I knew something was off, but I didn't quite know, and I wouldn't have guessed it was that. Um, but that began what I call my parenting wake-up call and or my personal awakening. It, it really forced me to, again, try and navigate how to help a young adult addicted to alcohol 
while also looking back and trying to acknowledge where my parenting had contributed to the problem, but not get stuck there. Because I think a lot of parents can get stuck in the, how did this happen? Or I'm such a crappy parent. And, you know, I think it's important to acknowledge, like one of the things was I didn't spend a lot of time or effort with his dad during high school, because over the years of trying to co-parent, we just could not get along. And so there were times when I avoided his dad. And because I did that, there were things that went on that shouldn't have gone on Mm. drinking and, you know, that kind of thing. Um, So I can look at that, but it's not productive and it doesn't serve myself or my son. I'm saying this to a parent who's in the midst of this to sit in the muck of that to, you know, so it's like, what's the next right step. And the way that we find that as a parent is to um, reconnect with ourselves, Um, you know, to be able to, parents come to me and they want the answer to a situation. And for me, it's about listening really clearly to them, asking them pointed questions and having them arrive at what the answer is because Nobody knows our kids like like our, the parents do, right? So I don't, especially when it's in a situation where it's really, you know, there's mental health and or substance use ish, abuse issues going on. I, I don't want to be giving anybody an answer, but I'm sure really good at listening, at helping them ask important pointed questions and helping them get to the answer that they need for their particular family member. So as you mentioned, um, so long story short, um, I went to college and I went back to college and my intention was to become a licensed chemical dependency counselor. Along the journey of that, I decided helping teenagers with addiction issues was not what I wanted. I wanted to help parents. Um, so I became a certified parent coach in 2016, and I have been working with parents of adolescents since that time. Um, an evolution in the last year and a half ish is getting on TikTok, and um, what kept coming back at me were these parents of 18 to 25 year olds who are really trying to figure out like, what does it look like to parent? I know my kids out of high school you know, but, and I just didn't anticipate. I thought once I got him to 18, everything would be okay. And, you know, I've got this 20 year old who's drinking and he's failing out of school, or I've got this, you know, 23 year old daughter who didn't do well in COVID. And now she's in the basement smoking weed and I can't get her to get a job and she's not moving forward. So this is the kind of parent that I help them, you know, really work through their anxieties and fears and reconnect to themselves so that they can put boundaries and incremental steps in place for their kids so they can help these kids move out into, you know, independent life. And that looks different for every young adult. It's not a, you know, first you do this, then you do that, then you do that. So um, I have enjoyed doing TikTok videos and that is directly resulting in the clients that are finding me to do this work. Yeah, that's awesome. So this is masks off, right? So we talk about the different masks that we wear, whether it's a perfection mask, people pleaser mask, the rescuer, the 
super uber competent mask. Peacemaker is another mask. One that these are all ones that I have worn, by the way, <laughs> as I name them off. And so I'm wondering if you can share if you have worn any of those while you were raising your kids. And if you did, how were you able to take off the mask? What kind of work did you do? Or do you, does it still show, do they still show up for you? Um, that's a very good question. And I would say a lot of times in my kids earlier years, I've worn a mask of covering up anxiety. Mm -hmm. Um, I've, I've, so I've, I guess the mask would be the mask of confidence. Um, you know, I think that parenting is the most important work we can do, yeah. but also nothing brings our own anxieties and challenges up like raising kids. Um, so there's definitely been more than one moment in parenting five kids where they've been going through something where I've worn the mask of confidence when I wasn't so sure that everything was going to work out. Right. I mean, that, that I think has happened a lot, but I've also been a parent long enough to know at this point, And I've done a lot of my own work that somehow things will work out and maybe not the way that I want or need them to work out or think they'll work out, but somehow, even if it's through, you know, a, a off track way, things will work out to my child's um, growth in some way, you know? And, and that's what we're here to do. I mean, that's what, you know, I, I parents, they want to rescue and they want to fix things and they don't want to see their kids. I, I just talked to some parents this morning whose 18 year old son is coming home and they know he's over drinking and they want, they, they're worried and they want to put their foot down about it while he's home for the holidays. And that's, you know, but they're not, they're not willing to put any really hard consequences into place because they're afraid, Yeah. right? They're afraid. And I get that, but why would, let's first see if, is this really a problem? If you don't put any boundary in place, you're not going to know because he may have an, an issue with addiction. I don't know. Right. But if you put some boundaries in place and they just can't meet that or won't meet that, it's a sign that there's a bigger problem. So we got to address the problem, but we can't do that if the parent is so afraid that, you know, if they put something in place, if they set a boundary, their kid, you know, won't meet it. They're afraid they yeah. can't trust themselves is what it is. So, um, yeah, so so definitely a, a confidence mask I've worn. I I definitely have been one to, I don't know what mask this would be. Maybe you can help tell me, but one to be probably the peacekeeper because lacking, I, I really for a long time did not want to face conflict. I don't, I'm not comfortable in that, although I'm much better at it now. Um but I think there's a lot of times when there was conflict either between my oldest son and my husband or even myself and my son's father when he was, um, you know, during those growing up years that I just didn't have enough confidence in myself and didn't like conflict. So uh, yeah, spent I spent a lot of time behind that. 
I would say, um, because I can also relate and share in that is that conflict avoidant would definitely fall under either yes, the peacekeeper, peacemaker, or even people pleaser, because the people pleaser will often will often avoid conflict. And also going back to the mom or the parents that you just talked about that won't or is resistant to setting boundaries, like that is a hallmark characteristic of the people pleaser is to not set boundaries, avoid boundary setting. Like I had very, very wishy-washy boundaries with my kids when they were growing up, particularly my daughter. Anytime we went shopping and it's a running joke now, but anytime when she was like 13, 14 and we went to the mall, she would say, mom, you know, can I get this expensive thing? And I'd say, no, mom, can I get this thing? No, that's two times. Mom, please. Can I please get it? No, that's three times. Really? Mom, I promise I'll do blah, 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 blah. If you get it for me four times, finally, and the fifth time. Okay. So they, they knew all they had to do. Was yeah. I'll left you. Yeah. And mom will fold. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I, I think Parents get worried about whether or not their kids will like them. Yeah. I think that's part of it. I think parents, there's just a lack of confidence in parents right now that I'm seeing. Um, but there's also this balance, especially in the, again, the population of parents that I work with as kids are gaining their independence and they're supposed to be moving towards their independence. They still sometimes need support. And so parents are like, I don't know if I'm supposed to like how or how do I best support this kid who I don't want to enable the situation, but I also am not willing to, you know, just cut them off completely. So what does that look like? And and again, it has more to do with you being connected to yourself and using your intuition, which I truly believe that because of all the information and messaging that we get, even from TikTok. Yeah. Um you know, that, that people have an unclear ability to go within and find the answer that they need for their, their child. What's right for one child is not necessarily right for another. And yeah. So, well, and I also believe that it's really hard for parents to tap into that intuition because I feel like what I'm seeing with a lot of people is that we are all acting out of our patterns, whether it is being a people pleaser or perfectionist, or it's the other extreme. And it's a parent that's super controlling and has to come from this domineering, you know, place of I'm the boss, it's my way or the highway. But either way, either side of that coin is still coming from conditioning as a child. It is still a pattern that they're playing out and they're not in their authentic, true self tapping into, you know, how do I show up in the best way possible for my kid? Just like your quote says, you know, mm -hmm. like most parents are not in the business of doing the inner work and being able to recognize that my kid is here to teach me something about me, to grow me up, you know? And that's why I was so I didn't know it at the time, but when I first met Dr. Shafali like 12 years ago and I heard her speak the first time, 
she just spoke to my soul, even though I just didn't really know the language, but I did know the language, if that makes sense. Yeah. And I knew, I knew in my soul that something had to shift because my kids were like 13 and 11 at the time. And I had such, um, an unfulfilling relationship with them. I was either crying or I was mad, or, but I was completely operating out of my conditioning and the way my mom raised me. And I was in lack and scarcity and look, you know, just a mess. And then I just started to do the work and I learned more and more from Dr. Shafali and started to heal from within. And I'm so grateful because it's so changed the relationship that I have with my kids now and they're 23 and 20. And, you know, they can now say to me, they'll call me out like mom, you're because one of my go-to patterns is to go into anxious, nervous. So I get anxious and nervous when I see them suffering, when I see mm -hmm. them in struggle. And I am, I do have a question for you to follow. Okay. <laughs> but they are so good at being able to like put the hand up and say, mom, you know, this is you, this is your stuff. And, and I, and I give myself credit because then I'm able to pause enough to step back and look at it and say, you know what? This shit is mine. This is me. And 99% of the time it is, I'm going to own that 99% of the time. It's my shit. You know, my daughter's 20, she's in school. And that sometimes I get into anxious, nervous about whether she's going to pass classes or not. That's not my stuff. I, it is my stuff that I'm worried and anxious about it, but it's for her to figure out, not for me to micromanage her grades and what she's doing in college. Yeah. So they can call me out on it and I then go in and I own it. So I'm really grateful that I'm in that place instead of, you know, how I used to be like, what's the matter with you and blah, 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 you know, just coming from a reactive standpoint, right? Where I still, and I've gotten so much better because I go inward all the time, but where I still can get tripped up, Kim, is it's so freaking hard to watch them suffer like it is know, oh it's so hard and you know one person said to me it's like it's in our dna as moms maybe even more so than dads and i don't know if you agree or disagree with this but it's like in our dna that we are meant to kind of feel they're suffering more when they're in it. Would you, what are your thoughts? Yeah. On and I do think it takes yeah. a lot of strength to hold. I, I mean, I, I know I say all the time holding space for somebody else's feelings. I mean, especially your kids um, and hoping I did a video on this once and I can't remember how I put it. I got to go back and figure it out because it's more, it's, it's, it's like hoping that they value when they go through something hard or they've made an unhealthy choice and they've got to live through some kind of consequence it's the parent holding space and hoping that the child will value themselves enough to pull themselves through it. Because we all know that, you know, we can't, for the most part, we can't rush in, fix, rescue. Um, it, it's not helpful, but our job as mom and dad too, obviously, but I think as mom, especially is being the emotional barometer that we are, is to hold the space and hold the, you know, I don't want to say hope. Space sounds like a better thing, you know, like just hold tight 
believe in them until they can believe in themselves. That's, that is the, that is the weight of the world. And that's why when they say motherhood, you know, the, the mental load of motherhood, Mm. I think that's it. (laughs) Yes, that is good. Say that again. The mental, the bent, the mental load of motherhood is holding the space for your kid when they're going through something difficult that they will find within themselves their value and pull themselves through it because we can't do it for them. Yeah. So let me ask you, do you do any kind of behind the scenes prep work on yourself to be able to hold the space so that you're not a freaking hot mess when they're a freaking hot mess? I am I, I am fortunate that I, in some respects, I mean, the most difficult thing I went through, I think, as a parent was walking with Nick through his addiction. Mm. Um, But there's definitely, I mean, I definitely, it's not to say my kids are perfect and we have, you know, um, I think coaching other moms helps reinforce for sure, holding space for mother's anxieties that come into my Zoom call and they are like, Mm. oh my God, this just happened. My kid was home for the holidays, you know, Thanksgiving and they got drunk and they punched their dad and, you know, like that holding space for other moms while you're coaching, I would say is a huge practice in mm-hmm. how, what helps me to be able to stay calm. I also do a lot of meditation. So I think that that is definitely, and I, I'm hoping that we're in a trend now, not trend, that we're in a shift in a movement now where people understand the value in meditation and in taking time for yourself and how that leaks into parenting in a positive way you know sometimes people think oh it's just one more thing I have to do or whatever no actually I I, it's something that is super beneficial you just you have to make it a regular practice and you will see in all areas of your life how it plays out yeah completely all right one last question then along those lines so you said one of the most super helpful things is to hold space for our kids when they're having trouble seeing and feeling their own worth and hoping that they will find it to get, find their way through. Do you, as a mom, in those times, do you say anything? Do you like offer some pieces of wisdom? Do you offer some advice? Do you give them encouraging words or do you just kind of like, yes, I know it's hard, honey. It's so hard. I get it. I see it. Or do you tell them, well, do you think about doing A, B, and C or X, Y, and Z, or do you hold back on that? I try and hold back as much as possible. I really do want my kids to advocate for themselves. I want them to trust their own instincts and gut. That's not to say that I wouldn't give my advice if my one of my kids came to me. I absolutely have done that and would do that. But I I try really hard. If I am supporting, I'm just thinking about a situation recently with my daughter holding space. She's in her room and I, she broke up with her boyfriend and whatever holding space meant that I would just go and I'd knock on her door every little bit and, you know, see if she wants anything or needs anything. Or one time I just kind of sat in her room with her. I asked if I could come in and just kind of sat on her beanbag chair and, you know, just stayed for a few minutes and, talked about something random that I saw on Instagram or whatever, and then just kind of left. And it's, it's about being there, but not being intrusive. 
and it's a very fine line. Less is more, say less. I mean, you know, I talk about the 80-20 rule. Yes, like, I was going to say. Listen 80% of the time, talk 20% of the time. Your, talk, your time for lots of talk is past. Mm. And if you want your kids to open up, I've got a very, I've got quiet sons. My fourth son in particular is very quiet. And it used to make me super anxious because I'm like, what's going on in his head? Is he okay? Blah, blah, blah. And the more I did that, the less helpful it was. So I was just like, you know what? Just shut your mouth and like, listen and just see what happens. And he will open up. And when he does, he's a super deep thinker. Um, he's great. And I just, this is who he is. He's just not real open. So I'm there. I make myself known in the kitchen when they're getting ready in the morning, but I, you know, I'm just there. Like I'm just there. So I want to say that that has been super helpful. That's a great distinction that you made and clarified what holding space can look like, because it doesn't mean all the time that you're like, oh, tell me all that's going on with you. I'm here for you. Just, just tell me I'm here, you know, and I, whatever. Sometimes it can just mean, like you said, walking into your daughter's room and just knocking on the door. Hey, I just saw, you know, an in, this on Instagram. So just being visible is also holding space. Mm -hmm. I love that. I'm so glad that you shared that because, you know, I do have, I have two, so I have a boy and a girl, but I have one that overshares and one that undershares. <laughs> <laughs> so my daughter will call me five times a day, <laughs> you know, and she just like spews off. And then my son is, like you said, you're, he's very deep thinker and doesn't all the time share. But then when he does, sometimes it's like Pandora's box opens and I cherish that. And I just me too. Me too. I cherish it and I hold it close. And then I have, here's, here's what we were saying about how we have to freaking own, right. As a parent, because I will be a hundred percent honest. And then we can wrap up here is that there are times because it's not often that I can sense that I'm craving it. I want more of that from him because I want that connection, but that's about me. That's about me. Not him. And I can't project that on him. Like, well, come talk to me. Come talk. You know what I mean? Yes. <laughs> open up, open up. Like, how's that going to work with your son? That's really quiet. If you yes. were like following all the time, what's his name? Maddox, Maddox, yeah. Maddox, Maddox. Yeah. Let's talk. Let's talk. Let's talk. Yeah. It <laughs> wouldn't, it would, he would tell him he would, yeah, he would go away. Like, further away. Um, and I will say, so I did this, I did this practice of, of meeting my kids in the bedroom every night. And we had this like little time of talking, right? I call it the party. And um, when my son Maddox went to college last year, Mia did not want the party anymore. She said, I don't, I don't have any need for this. And it made my heart sad because for years we had done this, all the yep. older boys, we had all gathered in the room every night and it was a tradition, but I was like, I can either sit here and be sad about this or not. And oh, so Maddox just came home for Thanksgiving last week and um, he came and found me. I was downstairs scrolling through TikTok and he came downstairs about 11 o'clock and he's like, hey, let's go have a party. I'm like, okay. So we went and we knocked, he knocked on my daughter's door and we did this silly dance on the way in with some song that he had found that was like, welcome to the party or something like, let's get this party started. You know, one of those. Yeah. And we walked in and she was like, and then she like within 30 seconds, she was like, all right, fine. You're here. Let's talk. And we talked like, I literally at one 30 in the morning was like, you guys, I got to go to bed. 
And then sometimes so, you, you're like, oh, I you regret, right? What you yeah. wish for some. Well, yes. and this, this feeds my soul. So to, to your point, you know, when they will let me in, I am inc- incredibly grateful. And that feeds my soul until the next time, because it might be a while. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Oh, my goodness. So do you have one, maybe just one tip or one takeaway for the listeners? I do. And that I, I think, well, I'm going to, it's going to relate to parenting, right? One of the other things that came to me was, you know, how people say um, kids don't come with a manual. Mm, okay. Yes. We are the manual on which our grandchildren will be raised. Oh. And so what parents need to think about, that's not to, that's not to make parents fearful. It's just to help them understand the importance and the legacy work that parenting is. So if there's ways that you want to improve and need to improve and haven't been able to find a way, find someone, find the book, Dr. Shafali, whatever, all the things, find someone to help guide you because we're so willing to invest in our kids, but we don't invest in ourselves. And the reality is we are the manual on which our grandchildren will be raised and great grandchildren. So be very careful on what you're, how you're writing that book. And it's never too late. And it's never too late. This is why I love working with parents of 18 to 25 year olds, because even if things have not gone well up until that time, it's never too late. I I believe that. Absolutely. So how can the listeners find you? Of course, whatever you share, I will put all in the show notes, but if they wanted to find you, where would they find you? Well, if they're on TikTok, they can find me at Kim Minch Parent Coach. I'm also on Instagram, Instagram, Instagram at Real Life Parent Guide, Kim Minch at Real Life Parent Guide. Um, And then uh, my website is reallifeparentguide.com. And how about your book? My book can be found on Amazon. It's called Becoming Me While Raising You, A Mother's Journey to Herself. And it's a look at my parenting journey as well as really the topic of limiting beliefs and how they can play out in our marriage and in our parenting and those masks that you talk about. And I love the title of that, by the way. That's a great title. Oh my goodness. So thank you so much for being here. What a great conversation and I'm going to look at having, I'm going to look at holding space with my kids differently after this. Good. I'm so glad. I'm yes. so glad. It was been yes. great to talk to you, Kim. Yes. So thank you everybody for tuning in to another episode of Masks Off and I will see you next time. If you enjoyed this podcast and you want to take the next step to overcoming your people pleasing and perfectionistic tendencies, reach out to me at kimgrosscoaching.com for a free discovery call. Also, if you liked what you heard today, I would love it if you subscribed or left a review. And remember, remove your masks and create the life that you desire.